0: Before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Hello everyone. Well, this week I've been watching a film on Amazon Prime called You Hurt My Feelings. That's probably what I say every day. Because people are always annoying me. Always, every day. And it stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and I love her. She used to be in Seinfeld, which I never watched. I never found it funny. Did you watch Seinfeld?
1: I I think I briefly saw it, and I didn't like it either. I didn't find it funny at all.
0: But she's made some brilliant movies since then. And it's all about... She's a writer, and she teaches writing to students... And she wrote a memoir that wasn't very successful. And then she's written a novel. So I quite enjoyed this film because it's about being a writer. And people think being a writer is you just sit in a chair and type. You remember David called me a typist. Yes,
1: that didn't go down well. But it's it's
0: so lonely and raw. And you just are judged on little characters on a piece of paper, whereas a lot of people hide what they do. They sit in an office and drink coffee and chat and go for lunch. Oh, I'm going to have to leave at five. But when you're a writer, you're judged and what by you absolutely what you produce. Yes. And she's married and they've got a son. And the husband, she overhears the husband talking about her book. And he's saying, well on the 55th draft, every time I read it, oh, it's awful, I can't, it's all, It's an awful, awful book. And so she's so upset. So the whole theme of the movie is, should you be, and he said, well, I didn't want to be honest with you about the book because what, what what's my opinion worth? It's, I'm not a writer, I don't know if it's any good, I just didn't like it, I'm here to support you. Yeah. So it's about honesty in a relationship and how honest should you be and it's like the famous line between Carrie Bradshaw and the Russian. Her best friend had breast cancer, and so the Russian says, "Well, you know, my friend died of cancer. She might die." And so Carrie says, "I need my relationships with a little bit of milk."
1: Yeah, this can be too. And I really,
0: part, yeah. I really don't. I mean, you know what my ex husband said? No, oh, you're not a writer. You're a rubbish writer. You're shit.
1: Didn't yeah, he? Yeah.
0: I don't like blunt people, and too many people are just blunt with me. Oh, Liz, your ears are whining, your, your, ear, your hearing aids are whining.
1: Uh, people are just so rude to me all the time and so blunt. I think people have become more and more that way as well. I think we, we, we did used to be a bit more polite about how we said things, and I think because we conduct ourselves so much online that, that some of that filter has disappeared I don't, know, I don't
0: know why it is really, and I don't know why people are always so blunt and so rude to me. Liz, we need to do this. Liz, we need to do this. I'm just sick of it. So I did feel, and she was absolutely devastated overhearing what her husband really thought of her book. I mean, she's because just so watchable. She really is.
1: Well, your work, isn't it? It's very personal when you're a writer, isn't it? Or, or an artist or, or whatever it is you do. When you're creating something, it's actually you take it quite personally if people don't like it, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. lots of people aren't very
0: good at their jobs, aren't, aren't they? You know, they're like the dog trainer who doesn't train your dog properly or the train conductor who says tickets and doesn't say thank you and everyone's just so rude these days
1: yeah and I think particularly your husband or your partner they need to be that supportive cushion don't they they need to be well that's what he felt he was doing but he really hated the book yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, the, the thing here is don't get caught, isn't it? If you hate the book, yeah. don't tell other people you hate the no. book. Just keep it to yourself. And it's the true, isn't
0: it? Anything you overhear about yourself is not going to be good. You're better off just not hearing You're it. you better off not hearing it.
1: And I think so if you've got something like negative, like if you've got a secret, as it comes out of your mouth, at some point it's going to go where you don't want it to go. It is. You're, you know, you're going to tell someone. Someone's going to overhear, or that person's going to repeat it, or something. If you've got something negative, just keep it inside. Just yeah. Don't say it. Don't say it. Or say it nicely to the face. Don't say it.
0: But it is it is worth watching. You hurt my feelings on on Amazon. Um, but we've both read the same book, haven't we? We this have. Week?
1: We have indeed. We it's um, the list by Yomi Agadogi Agadogi. I'm sorry, I apologise for the pronunciation, Yomi, I I really do. And it's being made into a TV series, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, the premise of it is she is a very vocal feminist and campaigner, isn't she? And she writes about inequality between men and women.
1: Yeah.
0: And she finds out her fiancé, who she's about to marry, is on a list of men who've abused women. And it's yeah. about what happens when she finds that out. So it's, it's, she's seen as a woman who championed Me Too, but you're going out with an abuser. Yeah. So it's bad for list, her career. It's bad for his career. Yeah,
1: this list is an anonymous list posted on Twitter. So there's no accountability. There's no proof. There's nothing. So she doesn't know whether or not... It's true. She's got to try and find out if it, if if she believes him and make that decision whether to go ahead and marry him. Yeah. In what twenty days? Isn't yeah. It? So. But
0: I actually didn't like the book, but you did.
1: Yeah, we we yeah we did. It's very it's very modern. It's very London. It's it's. It, I found it like a cut price Terry
0: McMillan, Yeah. And I liked Terry McMillan yeah. because it showed me a different world that I don't know. So being a black woman in a, a big city in America, relationships, her first one was about not having any money, and it seemed all her characters are very conscious of how much money they've got. And she, she wrote Waiting to Exhale. Yeah. The film starred Whitney Houston. So I, I like a book that takes me to somewhere I don't know and characters I don't know, but they've got to feel real. And I felt she was just ticking boxes with this book and some of the language yeah.
1: is it's not very well There's written. a lot of slang, and there's, but, but, I mean, it does. It ticks all the diversity boxes, certainly. And, I mean, I liked the book. But you, I don't read a book to have
0: diversity boxes ticked. I want to read Toni Morrison's Beloved yeah. because it makes you sob at the horror of slavery in America. It's an amazing, amazing book. I I I don't read Beloved by Toni Morrison because it's by a black person. No.
1: I mean, there were things I liked. I liked the fact that it was from both their points of view. I liked the fact that there was this sort of countdown to the wedding. And, you know, you you did get a side of their families coming and the different cultures, and I enjoyed that. And it was very much about trial by social media and, you know... How some Chinese whispers of social media. So something's posted. There's no proof to it. It goes viral, and you're judged on it and condemned on it. I felt it. It lacked a little bit of depth to the to the to the main characters. The, but the I woman, don't. It wasn't even well written. the sentences
0: aren't even proper sentences. Well, a lot of
1: it is is written in slang, and that, and I didn't mind that because it was kind of representative of of of, of the characters, but. I would have liked it to be more raw. I sort of had certain expectations that obviously a woman's finding out that a fiance might be an abuser and she's got to decide whether to marry him. I expected a lot more angst, a lot more soul searching than I really got from from Ola, um, the, the leading character, and I, I, would, I just wanted more from it. But it did sort of well, bring it, up for me. I'll tell you
0: something else about publishing because we're talking about books and that film was about being a novelist she's got two reviews on the front here before it's even published topical heartfelt provocative and wise Bernardine Evaristo impossible to put down Paula Hawkins I have to tell everyone that when you write a book and it hasn't come out yet you contact your friends and you say can you please give me a line for the book
1: Yeah, yeah. and
0: then when they I write this, a book yeah. they say Hi, Liz, I did you a great line for your book. Could you do a line for the yeah. cover of my book? That's how it works. Yes,
1: yeah. I don't think this book is for everyone. Like, you, like, you didn't like it and I, I liked it. Um, I'm not going to rave about it. I think it brought up lots of interesting topics and things like... What What do you do in a situation where someone says something about your partner and you don't know whether to believe it and you've got to make a decision of who to believe? That's really... And I've been in that situation uh. and it's, it, it is difficult. I mean, when... I was in my twenties. I had a, a best friend that was like a sister, and just before all her of wedding, Nick's
0: relatives aren't actually related. She went to a funeral once. I got her a lovely black coat from Jaeger. Um, Jaeger. Beautiful, and he wasn't even her father. But he was my stepfather.
1: <laughs> so he was. He was. A, he was to me he was my dad. But it, she was, but it was, to me, like my dad, because my dad was a no-good alcoholic. So this guy was the most I've known for a dad. But this this was a close friend. She was like a sister to me. And a week before, uh, or a couple of weeks before her wedding, her future husband got drunk and tried to kiss me, which put me in a really bloody awful position because my friend was marrying this guy. And, so I did mean, you tell her? I did. T- I did tell her because I I feel that my loyalty was to my friend in this situation. He was the one that had done wrong. It wasn't provoked in any way, shape, or form. And she believed me, and she spoke to him about it. And she still married him. You know, she 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 kind of made a joke to me about it. You know, so well he's always he said to me, "He finds you attractive." ha. and and I was like, okay, that's not. I've told you what you do with that information is. Is your business, you know, and then it was weird because not long afterwards, we were then at my house, and then she said to me that my fiance had tried to kiss her, which I didn't believe for one second. I, I honestly, and I chose to believe my fiance because although this was a really dear friend to me, and I wouldn't imagine that she would ever ever lie to me, I know my fiance well enough to know he wouldn't do that. He didn't didn't find her attractive. He didn't like her actually. And I'd only just told her that her future husband had tried to kiss me and it all seemed a bit tit for tat, but it was the most awful position to be stood there between like my best friend and the man that I absolutely adored. I mean, this was like my love of my life and have to sort of choose who I believed and it was a really awful thing to have to do, and and I, I think this book brings that up really well. If you have to think about what would you do in that situation. So it's, yeah, it's interesting from that point of view, even if it just makes you think about how you'd feel about it.
0: Pack him in,
1: dump well, him. Yeah, yeah, if you, yeah, and you just you have to make that. If I'd have believed he'd have done it, he'd have been out the door with his suitcases. I just, yeah. I just didn't. I didn't, and I never have. So, what have you been up to this week, then? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You've got a new hobby. Oh, yes. Okay, all right. I am going to give you a clue, right? (laughs) <laughs> i've decided i'm going to take up something you know i've done pole dancing before in the past which i didn't get on very well, well with what
0: happened to your manifesting nothing's happened does it no Nothing. i think
1: man- no i did no manifesting's working brilliantly what have you manifested well, i was manifesting um a free weekend away and so i've got i've got two i've got a, a lovely friend of mine that's booked to take me away to harrogate for the weekend Lovely, lovely weekend she's got planned. I've got a week in Scarborough for a press trip. So I've, I've she's I'll not to. Well. She's not
0: even pressed.
1: Well, I am now. I am now. I am now. But I'm going to take up something new, which I've decided. Shall I tell
0: you something? in Go on. In 23 years of working for the Mail and the Mail on Sunday, I've never once been sent on a travel piece for Haven't a holiday. You? Not once.
1: Well, that's rubbish, isn't it? That's rubbish.
0: I asked for help going to Australia. I was given the email off the Australian Tourist Board and they've never emailed me back. That's rubbish. 23 years... I've never been given a travel. You've pinch. got to have some perks to this job, haven't you? You've
1: got to have a few little So you've perks. been
0: you say you're a member of the
1: press for five seconds, you've already got a holiday booked. I'm working it. I'm working it. I don't care. I'm working it. Right, I want you to listen to this and then I want you to tell me what my what my what my new thing is. Ready? How do you have time for all
0: these hobbies? I don't.
1: It's on a Saturday evening. Right, ready? Okay? Ladies
0: and gentlemen, welcome to the
1: Moulin Rouge. you got it are you all shouting well go on give me your best guess you're becoming a prostitute (laughs) to be fair like when the bills are in I'll consider it do you know what I mean I would consider it no, I have decided I'm going to join a burlesque group. Like, say so you... <laughs> if, I could, if I could only show you Lizzie's face. I thought, well, I've had two psychic readings. Both of them have told me that I've let myself go. The mirror tells me that. Even me mother's trying to get me to the hairdressers. So I've decided I need to get my mojo back. So I saw this advertised at the Darlington Theatre, the Hippodrome... They've got these um, courses to do like burlesque. And what is it says, burlesque? well, it's, you know, like the Moulin Rouge. I hate all that. And it says about the course it's an introduction to robe removal, glove peels, and boa work, ending in a short routine. Do you have to pay for so, it? So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a course. It's like a. But so I'm going she to learn. She's actually got
0: money to burn, I said she? She's always complaining
1: she's got no money, but she's got money to burn. Well, it's the princely sum of £26. But I'm going to learn to be sexy again. I've got candles cost more than that. Exactly. I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn to channel my inner How many goddess weeks and sexy. Is it? it's, it's only two sessions, but by then I will be a goddess again. Is I'll your be... mother going? No, I'm not going to go and do burlesque with my mum, am I? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Robe removal with me mum. No, I'm not doing... I'm doing this just in case Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, gets the manifestation vibes and comes in ready to claim me as theirs. I'm going to be ready.
0: Just sounds awful. It's
1: fun. Do you want to come? No. (laughs) Well, that's my new thing.
0: She whizzed off on Monday. (laughs) She she never turns up till about lunchtime. She whizzes off at quarter to five. I've got to go and shower before I do yoga.
1: Well, yeah, I'm just trying to sort of, like, get me mojo back. Maybe you should do back. your work first. Well, I, I did do my work. <laughs> but I'm just trying to get me mojo back, and I thought burlesque could be a bit of fun. I've got me long black silk gloves from, like, 20 years ago when I went to a dinner and dance. I've still got them somewhere. I'm going to dig them out. I haven't got a boa.
0: You're like that woman on EastEnders.
1: Which one? Kim. Oh Kim, I love Kim. You're like
0: her. Yeah,
1: no, I could I could channel Kim. I'll do that when I go burlesque. I'll channel I was gonna channel Christina Aguilera. That's who I was gonna channel.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you want to hear this week's column? <laughs> go on. You sure you don't wanna come?
0: No. I'm too busy. <laughs> this week's column is all about being boogie broke.
1: Do you know what that is? I've never heard of Boogie No, I think they
0: just made it up. Anyway, Nicky Haslam is an interior designer. I have met him a couple of times, actually. Anyway, he said he wrote a really funny piece in the papers last week. The subject was how to live it up when you're skint. It's called being Boogie Broke. In it, he said, I prefer Prosecco to Champagne. Insisting on Champagne for the sake of it strikes me as being rather Russian in Outlook. I don't get that. That was the best line he had, and you don't get it. Oh, I don't get it. Well, because Russian people just drink vodka and shit, and they live in mansions, and they're oligarchs, <laughs> and they've got yachts. It's all very vulgar, isn't it? He oh, just well, means vulgar. I missed all that. I, missed, I completely missed that one. Anyway, he says, Chastity can be a good way of balancing the books because keeping oneself attractive can be time-consuming and expensive, I think hair care is overrated. See,
1: that's what I've been doing. That's, that's exactly my approach. But I've been
0: wondering whether I've reached the age at which I should no longer bother. Grooming is, is expensive. Why the extreme waxing when I haven't had sex since last October? Well, you did and try, that- didn't
1: you? You did try it with the phone sex.
0: I can't remember that. Yeah, you did. That's not the same though, is it? <laughs> and even then yeah. it was so boring, all I could think about was that I was missing these tenders. <laughs> I had a gynae check-up the other day, my first since 2006. The gynaecologist was staggered. She said, you haven't been to a gynaecologist? Why Why would I want to? Why would I want to go to a gynaecologist? Because everything's shut, isn't it now? <laughs> well, since October anyway. <laughs> Anyway, she says your vagina is rather dry. Bit personal. So my response was, who cares? And does it matter, really? Why would I care I don't have a garage when I no longer own a car? I suppose I could put other things in it, a wheelbarrow, logs, a sex toy... But it's not at the forefront of things I should be worrying about.
1: Okay, I'm just going to point out here: you send me to Boots for Vagisil for the dog, and so I'm not going. I'm not going for moist things for but you. I don't not.
0: need it. I don't want. I don't. Th- That's all right then. No. So no wheelbarrows in the garage, and no sex toys. <laughs> oh, I am totally against HRT or any sort of menopausal moaning. Surely aging is normal, not an illness. Aren't we just lucky to be alive? Although I did worry when a friend texted to say she'd just been to the dentist the first time since before the pandemic and was told that dentures are the only option. There's a level of self-care necessary, but the Olympic strive for perfection that I've been addicted to since I was 18, 19, ballet classes, palaces classes, veneers, dye, pumicing, ripping out of hair by its follicles, zapping of broken capillaries, the serums, the face gyms, It doesn't mean that now anyone loves me and it hasn't led to happiness. In fact, I think the opposite is true. Many who have run to fat, got glasses, lost incisors, run out of money, resent me for being fabulous and for trying. I throw them into stark relief. I do have to disagree with Nicky Haslam, who once graced me with his presence at my party, bringing along his date for the evening, Joan Collins.
1: Lucky man.
0: So I disagree with him when it comes to Prosecco. I don't have to have champagne, but I do stretch to Cremant. This year has been so difficult, so soul-destroying. I can't tell you what happened as I've signed an NDA. Honestly, I'm like a character in a Harvey Weinstein Netflix doc. Well, aren't you? But I do feel the need to grasp a flute of something festive come 6pm because we're worth it. I often look at the clock, sit still 4 o'clock and swear with despair under my breath. I think I need a new project, a new challenge. And so it is on Monday, I went to see a derelict house at the end of an unmade road in a hidden valley, surrounded by woods. And yes, I fell in head over heels in love. Original flagstone floors, views to die for, peace. I emailed the details to my pet architect. Can I have a modern extension and a veranda? I'm inspired and energized. I might even defy the laws of physics and be moist.
1: Well, thank God, no trip to Boots for me. <laughs> I—I'll be honest. i, I mean, I've felt quite liberated not caring. I genuinely have been through. No, a but why does it matter, matter having a dry vagina if you're not having sex? What? Well, no, it doesn't, does it? No, it it's doesn't. like having a garage—the door doesn't open, but doesn't matter because you don't have a car. I mean, there might be a point where you actually just do want to sort of like revisit again. There may be, at which point you might care. Yeah, doesn't seem like doesn't seem likely no. I'd, I'd honestly, I'd just go with the not caring. I'd just go. Do with you want the to hear what I go. loathe? Go on, what do you loathe?
0: People who take a young family on holiday to Greece when it's clear there's an extreme weather warning, and then when they have to flee the hotel, post on Twitter, it's disgusting. Where is the airline? Where's the tour rep? Have some common sense and take responsibility for your own choices.
1: That's almost as good as the person that got a hot cup of coffee from McDonald's, tipped it all over their lap in the car by wedging it between their legs and sued McDonald's for their hot coffee, burning them. But, you know, if you've got a young family,
0: you look at the weather forecast, you look at the news, it's too hot, you don't go. You don't go and then say, oh, but... The government should have warned me and the government should bring me home, and the airline rep should be there. And it's disgusting. It's not, it's, 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 it was a catastrophe. It's the weather. And you're contributing it by going on holiday in an aeroplane with all your children. Whereas I haven't had children. I can do whatever I like because I've got a free pass. Anyone who's not had children gets a free pass. Because in 10 years' time, or in in a year's time, in your case, there won't be any humans (laughs) if they'd all done what we did.
1: Well, no, indeed. indeed. But there is, there's no self-awareness, though, is there? There's literally no... people. people don't take
0: control and do stuff like oh well you know my teeth have fallen out bloody dentist no it's your fault your teeth have fallen out
1: look after them better look after them better and i think moaning about hotels and stuff when people are losing their homes and being injured and horrific things are going on there's just zero self-awareness it's it's absolutely unacceptable no you know if if you're on holiday and you're in 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 a zone like that go and help just go and help
0: you can read this week's diary in full in Men on Sunday's You magazine. Well, talking about holidays and stupid people going on holiday, my piece in the Daily Mail today, Friday is going to be my archive, even though it's only a few hours old it and is. the ink isn't dry.
1: So we will put up the link as well so you can go and have a look at it yeah. online and all the pictures.
0: And all the pictures. It's yeah. not a picture of me.
1: No. We've got Rod Stewart, haven't we? Heidi Klum. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got lots of pictures.
0: Anyway, this is all about the horror, the hell, <laughs> of going on holiday with a man who's younger than you are. It's about the age gap. <laughs> The photo of Heidi Klum, 50, and her husband Tom, 33, vacationing in Sardinia this summer, says it all. She's in a bikini top that fails to defy gravity, but signals, hopefully, I've still got it. Please don't eye up anyone else. The former Victoria's Secret model is gripping a beer. The stress of a beach holiday with a much younger man certainly needs numbing and she's wearing sunglasses, all the better to conceal the panic in her eyes that screams, how many times during this bloody break do I have to get out my bleeding passport? He, of course, the younger man, is wearing noise-reducing headphones, all the better to ignore her with. It's a similar heartbreaking scenario when we look at President Macron, 45, and his wife, Brigitte, now 70, contracting skin cancer in the south of France. Does she really want to go on that jet ski? Seriously? Never mind a life jacket. Has she had her bone density measured first? While a great deal could be hidden and ignored while wearing couture on the steps of the Palais de Lysse in Paris, here in the harsh reflected light of the Trapezian Sea, the topography of one's skin is thrown into stark relief. Clothes are skimpy. Sod the crispy, burnt koala bears. Global warming means women are having to wear fewer clothes. The sun makes you squint, deepening lines. Grey hair glints like a lighthouse, warning post-menopausal woman ahead. Toenails thicken and discolour. Purple veins bulge on calves. I've stripped off for the first time yesterday this year, only to exclaim, where did those little bastards spring from? Thighs, dimple, buttocks melt like ice cream in the 40 degree heat.
1: You're pretty much describing my body here.
0: (laughs) Summer holidays are supposed to be all about us relaxing, having a rest, letting go, loosening belts. This certainly was the case once. When a beach holiday became fashionable in the 1920s, the dress code was sporty but women did not wear thongs. Age sixty, my mum wore a dress and a cardigan on the beach, Frinton,
1: Spencer. Frinton in Essex,
0: and she only Lovely took off man. her stockings during a break in the clouds. These days, many women—not all, not those in loving relationships with men of a similar vintage—actually fear a summer holiday, and they start training for it round about April. Not just the logistics booking the bastard, making a note of where the car is parked at the airport. Younger men do tend to treat us as though we're mummy, But we look down at the wreckage of our winter bodies with a dismay that says, where do I start? The honing, the harvesting, the renovation, the holiday wardrobe, hoovering up the endless unimaginative how to pat like a fashion editor features, the conjuring up of topics. So when you're there, you don't sit in silence over yet another dinner adieu, making even the subsistence wage waiter feel sorry for you. And of course, then there's the actual hoovering of the house before you go. So it's somewhere nice to come home to. Home being a place where you can wear clothes, go to work, not have sex, or if needs must, you can unscrew the light bulbs. It's also much hard work. You need a mini break alone when you get back. Younger men, when you do get home, just leave the case by The front door until it festers. They don't. What is it with people yeah, who don't unpack? Do that. Martin would do that. Why he don't would. men unpack? Unpack. Don't leave it there. Because they're
1: waiting for you to do it.
0: I might sound bitter, but then I've been on numerous long haul, very expensive holidays with a 15 years younger man, and I'm here to tell you they are hell. Younger men nap like toddlers. Mine fell asleep in Thailand at 10 pm on New Year's Eve. I hadn't yet revealed my age to him, and I'd hidden my passport in the minibar. Big mistake. Younger men like to feast on the expensive gummy bears. The first thing they do when they get to a hotel room, they open the minibar. They don't unpack, they open the minibar. Priorities. Which meant he missed the fireworks. In Seville, on honeymoon, my companion was too young to hire a car. So I had to drive up mountains, and I'm not even good in multi-storey car parks. No, you're not. I'm terrible. But you're awful. (laughs) That's genuine. (laughs) Young men go missing at airports. They meet you at the gate, breathless, saying, I've bought 400 condoms, do you think that's enough? And you feel your lifeblood draining. They giggle all the way to Jamaica watching Mike Myers films. They don't help you put the case in the hold or ask where your special meal is. Instead of sitting with you on the beach, they're off playing football with the resort staff. There are no shared points of interest. On Lake Udapur in India, I said to a younger boyfriend, this is where they shot octopussy. He said, is that porn?
1: Oh, God. Fetus.
0: I honestly don't know how Brigitte or Heidi or Julianne Moore, who's a flamehead goddess, who could surely get a nice man her age, someone with a bank account who's heard of the Beatles and Tony Hancock, and doesn't remark when you look back at the holiday pictures, oh, it's a change to see a photo of you that isn't black and white. That's what my husband said to me.
1: Slap. Slap. No.
0: I don't know how they stand it. I couldn't stand it. I'd never do it again. But we don't stand up, not in a bikini. Are you insane? I went to Limewood Hotel in the New Forest last summer and it was really sad to see all the older, successful, dynamic, kind, wonderful women do a sort of strange reverse striptease as they gave in and left their sunbeds to go and eat or use the loo. Wow. Riggle, wriggle, wriggle, tug, tug, tug. It will pull pareos or towels round. they're tired, have given birth scarred bodies in case the young men they were with spider jam roly-poly tum.
1: Could not be bothered.
0: Men, on the other hand, are confident in their naked bodies. They're like newborns. They believe women are not visually stimulated. We are. I think a younger woman, though, with a much older man is a great idea. Look at Catherine Zeta-Jones, 53, and Michael Douglas, 78. She will always be young. He will always be grateful.
1: I like the way you've turned that round. (laughs) Get him grateful.
0: (laughs) I love that my last boyfriend, who was 10 years older than me, wore spectacles... Because I trod on them, then he couldn't see me at all. (laughs) Look at Carrie and Boris Johnson. He's as fat as lard, wears a suit and shirt on holiday. But Carrie cares not a jot because she knows he will be adoring for the rest of his days. These younger men pretend to love us, but they don't. Not really. They love what we can do for them. It's a shame that even beautiful women of a certain age dread going on holiday or leaving the house. A movie star has recently told me how Rucka Welsh, past 50, refused to even go for a girly lunch because she felt fat. What a waste. Anyway, I'm not going to go abroad this year. I'm rob- going to go to Robin Hood's Bay. I can wear a woolly. Wave <laughs> at passing yachts and children without showing bingo wings. And say, I'm sorry, I'm not getting on that paddleboard. My knees aren't what they were because it's too cold.
1: Just don't care. Just embrace don't care. Have your bikini on. Just crack on. No, I'd
0: rather wear a woolly. <laughs> you
1: would. You're always in your woolly. I'm always, always in my your... woolly. She took her jumper off the other day because it was like burning hot and we were sweating. And about two minutes later it's like, oh, a bit chilly now. I really do feel the cold do you know do. <laughs> I've got I've got insulation. I have natural insulation
0: every week lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions so I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too if you'd like to get in touch then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess
1: do you want to know what the readers yeah. are saying this week? Well, we have Andy who says, Listen, Nick, I love how you both speak so candidly about your lives oh, and you both mention a lot of people. He, didn't call, you, he didn't call you a professional journalist. So, <laughs> what I would like to know is if who are the people that have been most important in your life and why?
0: Well, I don't know really. I suppose my mum. She sort of formed my character, really, because I've turned out just like her and I don't yeah. want to be like her, really, because she was just a martyr.
1: She was lovely, though, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Uh, Deep thought here. <laughs> no, I just don't like people. No. I think mine are sort of like, obviously, my mum and my best friend, Tina, but my horse, you know, he's been there with me for 24 years. He's been there through thick and thin. I've cried on him. I've you know, it, It's just everything. And people... That have also um, mucked me about and have taught me not to tolerate it anymore. I think they're important because you've learned, didn't you, not to do it again. Yeah, I've learned. You've learned. So we have Kirsty who says, Hi Liz, I can solve all your problems. As an authentic friendship, no blabbing to the press. We met briefly years ago. My daughter flicked her drink at you and you laughed. You wasn't in, in haute couture, was you then? I don't remember that at all. She's going to solve your problems. Quick, get on the phone to her. Is her name Kirsty? Kirsty. But well, why is her email a different name? I don't know, but she says Kirsty. Maybe she's Karen, but it's called Kirsty. I don't know. There are some complicated things going on in the world. <laughs> Well,
0: that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.